Monica, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing good. It's been a while. It has been a while. You look great. Oh, you look great too. You look Thank amazing. Thank you. I feel yeah, like yeah. we coordinated, like as if we decided, <laughs> okay, wear the white background. I'll wear the white shirt. You wear the black shirt. <laughs> You, you couldn't you can't tell by looking at us that the world is crashing around in all directions well i mean i think we've learned to put a smile on our face when everything is is at its worst you know you have to and i've actually gotten ribbed a couple of times when i've been on a show and i've i've said oh oh i saw this coming that's exactly what i knew was going to happen and you get a little chuckle out of cracking the code and being one step ahead of them and people put in the comments like you're laughing you're laughing i have children and i'm like i know i know i get it i have children but it's it is a puzzle to crack and there's just so many things i i mean even since the last time we talked my entire outlook on on kind of what's a libertarian to do has totally changed. So you're still a libertarian? Well, I don't know what labels. I actually, I feel like we're in a post-ideology world. It, it doesn't are. matter. Socialism, capitalism, libertarianism, that's just all the smoke and mirrors for the totalitarian technocracy that has descended upon us. And to the point where it's literally the distraction. And I would take any, it's just like, I'll take the constitution. If you wanna, if you wanna stand by the constitution of the Bill of Rights, great, I'm there. Call it a social contract, I don't even care. Make it socialism, like uh, Sweden circa 1980. I mean, yeah, you get your your vodka and your whatever caviar, whatever they're eating there these days, yeah. and you're good. Like, uh, it's just this, the concept, I, I want to say it's like Alexander Pope, but I'm absolutely sure that it wasn't him. But there was one saying from a long time ago where he said, Thomas Jefferson's wrong. It's not the ideology that matters. It's not the form of government, it's the administration of it. And for me, I've thought like any form of government, the technology, the amount of food production in the world today, it's conceivable to me that any form of government run in good faith without all the corruption could be tolerable. It's just what I see as the motive behind the people in charge. It seems to be a pathocracy. It seems to be that they are actually against us. And that's what makes me worried. And no, no, it's not libertarian. It's not socialist. It's not capitalist. It's just raw power. And they're exerting it the very small over us. And, and I have questions for you. I have ideas that I want to bounce off of you. Well, I think um, I wrote an article and on, for my sub stack. And I basically said that what what it is now to me is what the ideology is now to me is people who don't want to kill me and people who want to kill me. And there are lots of different ways that people want to kill you. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that it's it's at that level. I mean, what do you think is the motive of the people who want to kill you? Um, the they cannot deal with somebody who thinks differently than they do. It's the they don't know they, thing. It's they easier don't, to kill than to control. Yeah, they don't know how to control me. I mean, no one knows how to control me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So you're yes, you're public enemy number one. And but there's a lot of us who I mean, if you think of it this way, let's say let's say 75% of the people are, are open to being vaccinated and 25% mm -hmm. absolutely refuse to be vaccinated. 
What do you think the numbers actually are? I think... I think it's less than... Well, see, I'm in L.A. So yeah. in L.A., well, yeah. I think the numbers are 75-25. But yeah. that would mean that they're 60-40 at the most on average in the country. And then, so, so I've been thinking, okay, if the 25 or 40% who don't get vaccinated can really continue to not be vaccinated. And the articles I've read going back to 2015, where they're trying to make contagious vaccinations, don't, haven't come to fruition yet. So the unvaccinated are truly unvaccinated. You would think they would have an advantage. You would think that they would breed more or let's just assume mm -hmm. there's anything wrong. The reason unvaccinated people are unvaccinated is because there's an actual problem. And if that's true, then what, what's the end game? Is it this super Machiavellian strategy to self-select for people who are total sheeple to self-select into infertility? You know what I mean? Like it seems backwards. If you wanted to eliminate the people you couldn't control, you couldn't follow. I feel like uh, maybe it is this, maybe it is this, maybe the vaccine will save people from what's next. Hmm. I I'm completely against the vaccine. There's absolutely no chance I'm going to take it unless there's they're you know, really start coercing me where someone's life is at stake that who I care about other than my own. <laughs> so like, I don't even care about that, but if they are, you know, what, why it seems like the people who don't take it would have the advantage in the brave new world. Yeah, that and that's that's the oddest thing about it is that okay, so say this is meant to have an effect on women to prevent birth. Okay. I mean, I'm reading hearing stories about women who are having periods every two weeks now and all sorts of just that's really also odd a COVID things. thing, not just the vaccine thing. Is it really from anecdotally, if not yeah, personally? Because yeah, I had COVID. Yeah, that can't. Yeah, that came from me. a wet market, not a lab, right? Come on, we we've already basically now proven that it's come from a lab, but no one will friggin' talk about it. Well, you know? I don't, I I don't, I still don't know exactly what it is. Like, I don't understand. I read stuff about bioweapons. I've been trying to like follow up on it. Everything I read, I read a book by Jim Keith, who died mysteriously from a Burning Man <laughs> related knee injury. Very weird, but he's a really good conspiracy researcher. Died in 1999. And he wrote about, there was a whole little booklet he wrote about bioweapons. And it seemed to me there are microbial things that make you sick, but they weren't passing them from person to person. They were spraying them on people. Like everybody was exposed to it. And they, and these are documented cases of the US government exposing populations to bioweapons. And and I'm I'm fine with that. Like I believe that, but this idea of a virus, which is not alive, like jumping from person to person to the point where everybody gets ill from it. Plus having had COVID, my feeling, it was nothing like any illness I ever had. It really felt like my lungs were just burning and none of the supplements or good health I brought to bear on it helped at all. And so I started drinking tonic water, which I think may or may not have helped, could have been my imagination, but the thing that made your blood carry more oxygen. So there was something really weird about this illness. So, so it does feel artificial. I do believe it's man-made, but I still don't understand the, the nature of, of viruses or viral infections that maybe I feel more likely that it's a toxin or an 
maybe the 5G thing. I mean, I don't know what it's like when you introduce a new regime that bodies have to resonate to. I don't know. But yes, it's definitely artificial in my opinion and intentional. Have you gotten yelled at for anybody for saying that COVID exists? Because there's this big thing in libertarianism where you have these people who want to seem really smart. I know a secret that no one else knows. COVID doesn't exist. It's never been isolated. Someone, someone yelled at me for that. And I believe, I and, I, and I, I, another person made a good point. I said, well, it's never been isolated. So how can they actually have a vaccine? Because out here, they're telling people like me, been, I have the answer it's, about it. It's been isolated thousands of times. Oh, okay. I didn't it's know just, that, but it's just, maybe they, they wouldn't want to. They're changing the definition on isolation. What oh, they want is they want it. They want they it want suspended it in mid. You know, they want it yeah. suspended in a tube on its yeah. own, and that's not how that's not how isolation works. It always works in a culture. Well, here's okay. Well, here's the the thing for me is that I did think it was complete bullshit. So I went to get an antibody test, thinking 50-50 it's positive because this is bullshit, and then I'll have an antibody test. It may come in handy. It may not. Now I realize it absolutely did not. Then in January, that was in December. Then in January, I got it. Like I lost my taste and smell. I didn't have a fever, but it was very clear what I got. And the only person outside my home I had exposure to was a woman who had gotten vaccinated the day before, just as a weird anecdote. Like my whole family is looking at me like, this is too weird. Cause I never go out. I mean, just a stay at home mom, I don't go out. Mm -hmm. So grocery occasionally, even that I was getting delivered for a while, but okay. So then in February, I went and got an antibody test and it was positive. So I don't know what those antibody tests are. I did try to do a little homework on that, but it, it's not written in the vernacular. So it's kind of hard to get through it. But so for me, I didn't have any evidence of it in my body. I had it and then I had the evidence and it was, it did have these earmarks of a totally unique illness. It was loss of taste and smell without congestion. It was a dry cough, not a wet cough. It felt like burning, like, like they say there's glass in the x-rays. It felt like there was glass in my lungs. And I looked into it and radiation, when you get it for cancer, can result in pneumonitis up to eight weeks later where your lungs are just on fire. And that's what it felt like. That's why I thought it was that the 5G towers that had gone up in my neighborhood the month before, I was like, okay, there were just trucks on every street, street after street. I was like, okay, this is what it is. But I'm really at a loss for what it is, but it's definitely something. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. That's why I tell people I had it, but I was really nervous about telling people because I didn't know what kind of stigma would attach to it just in LA, for example. But now I'm getting pressure to get the antibodies. I'm like the vaccine. And I'm, I say to people, like, I have the antibodies. Your yeah. vaccine can't be a closer match than my antibodies. And they still, they're requiring it. Like at my little gym and stuff, they're not requiring it, but I'm going to have to wear a mask if I don't prove that I got vaccinated. I was, I was at Kroger today and I haven't worn a mask in Kroger for a while, but they have a sign up saying you can go maskless if you have, if you've had the vaccine. And the everything. next step is going to be, you have to prove it. Well, yeah, and it's like have to and sew I'm like a little V on your shirt. Yeah, yeah, or or just get get the uh, the stock number tattooed on the inside of your forearm. <laughs> that that'd be good. Um, that that'll You're work. You're so sick. Um, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> that's that that is not in question here. Oh, but that's the funny thing is that out here, I was listening to the radio briefly by accident, and I heard the host saying, "It's absolutely okay." no more Nazi comparisons. It's been whatever, 75 years. Can we just do away with that? And I'm thinking 
this is the first time it's actually spot on. Like the last time this happened, it was Nazis asking for your papers, asking for proof of your hygiene. Like what the hell, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now we're not allowed to point that out anymore. Yeah, I mean, I the whole idea of okay, so here let's let, let's run with this. Okay, so um, I heard someone say today that the fact that DeSantis in Florida, have you been following DeSantis? I get little snippets of it here and there. Tell me what, and I'll tell you if I. Okay, so he's like making it illegal for any anyone yeah, in I Florida hate for, that, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I oh, hate I that. I don't I love it, I love it. It's DOMA. Remember the Defense of Marriage Act? Yeah, yeah. So that said that the states could not allow gay marriage. Then it went to yeah, the Supreme yeah. Court. And instead of the Supreme Court say, striking down the law, they said states must allow gay marriage. Yeah, yeah. This is conceding that the governor has the right to determine. And I don't even care anymore. Um, I know, me too. No, that is true. That <laughs> yeah, is the bottom line. And I don't line. care anymore. I was like, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to outrun it. Yeah. This, libertari this libertarianism, <laughs> bullshit. it's just bullshit, all right? <laughs> it's not working in, in reality, okay? I always say the libertarian thing, they die by the sword, but they don't live by it. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. if I don't have to do it in Florida, I'm going to keep outrunning it. I mean, that is true. Like, I want to make the ideological point, but the fact is I'm looking at real estate in Texas because they have that right. too. But if, if one state or two states or three states says you can't these vaccine passports are illegal i mean it basically that spreads to the country right i mean you can't i, I mean it might backfire by what are you going it. to what are you going to like um if they're going if somebody from florida is going to illinois they're not going to allow travel to illinois i mean what if it's an owner of a company i mean it, it's gonna tear it'll tear business down maybe that's what they want maybe they want that's commerce a very to be torn point. Because that's how come they have all the guns when they have like a mass shooting. They'll say, well, he got he brought the gun over state mm -hmm. lines and they're going to say anything that you can bring over state lines, like a vaccine or a virus or a gun has to be federal or you can't have the what do you call it? What do they call that? The um, when you cross over in Europe. The Swearingen, I want to say Swearingen protocol, but that's <laughs> yeah, the guy no, from that, Deadwood. That's, yeah, that's a guy from Deadwood. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget I what the Swearingen protocol. <laughs> okay, I forget what it is. <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah, so we have that here, and they're going to say that, therefore, you have to normalize all the laws. I just feel like that law, although I, I am going to pursue it if I can, I mean, literally thinking of moving there with my kids, even regardless of my husband's job. And that I will, I will try to take advantage of it to outrun. But yeah, the yeah. libertarian thing. That's so. I wanted to ask you about mm -hmm. this idea that I had. Maybe you, you heard me. I've mentioned it a couple of times on various interviews, but I, I always just wanted to ask you what you thought. Which is, so I, this is the analogy I use. I was at the. So I, I was listening to Mr. Robot. I was watching Mr. Robot for the first time. I don't know if you saw that. Okay, in the very yeah. first scene. They show the big bankers and the penthouse and Wall Street or wherever ru ruling the world. And the over the narrator is saying, these guys are not elected. They control everything. They run the world and they want to tell you what to do. They want to control everything about you. And I'm like, that's totally true. Why are they telling me this? This is 2015. And now that I think about it, there's tons and tons of stuff like that. Person of interest, like there's tons of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Why? Then it occurred to me, it hit me when I, I've only been shooting a few times in my life, but somebody took me to with uh, long guns to a range and set up two targets, 100 yards and 30 yards. 
And looking through the scope, I actually at first didn't even realize which target I was looking at through the scope. And then he was just correcting and telling me. So then I was like, oh, that one's really far away, whatever. And I was thinking that maybe the powers that be want us to, they are at 100 yards. They're the big overlords. Maybe they want us in our myopia to look through and, and aim at that 30 yard target, which would be you like, it looks like Pelosi and the Viking sitting in his chair is that 30 yard target, but really the 30 yard target is the bill of rights, like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I was saying this on Joshua at large's show, which was mm -hmm. really fun. He, uh, that like, I was, I was just an anar anar anarcho-capitalist, an anarchist. I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. And it, and it started to occur to me over the years that tearing down nation states doesn't make what is not at this point in history with a guy like Zbigniew Brzezinski around uh, is not making way for uh, uh, liberty, for voluntary society. It's just making way for world government. So I now think of the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, to the extent that it enumerates only 18 powers. I'll give you, I'll give them that. I'll like accept that compromise for the Bill of Rights. But it's the Bill of Rights that's our side, that's our shield. And if we, if we scrap the whole thing, if we just really stick to anarcho-capitalism or even do like a constitutional convention, you're giving up ground. Like the that the line is there now. The Bill of Rights is the line that we have to kind of amass at to keep from tearing down the one thing that they want us so desperately to tear down? Or do you think we're past that already? Yeah, I just don't. I mean, you, you saw that bill they passed yesterday, right? The Asian hate crime bill. Oh, no. Yeah, they passed a, a bill about um, hate crimes have gone up since COVID against Asians. Well, then you... Uh -huh. And so they link when you click on the link and you go to it 70 percent of these quote-unquote crimes attacks are verbal oh my gosh yeah they're verbal yeah. so what we have is and like um and i remember gene epstein his wife is japanese and when all this first started last year she went she went upstate new york and she was walking and somebody screamed something at her. I mean, she's the most Japanese person on the planet. She doesn't look Chinese at all. I mean, come on, you can, people can tell the difference if they know right. what they're doing. And you know, they're just idiots, but she didn't take it personally. She didn't take it as an attack. She was like, this is an idiot, you know? Right. Um, so w once you read this, basically what it is, I, the way I'm interpreting this law is it's a cyber, it's a cyberbullying law. So you know, someone like myself and a lot of other, a lot of my friends who like to go on Twitter and attack journalists until the point they lock their accounts <laughs> and they start crying. And they get you thrown off. Yeah. Well, well uh, they gave me, they gave me my account back. Probably that's just amazing. easier to, probably just easier to keep track of me. Yes. Right. Um, it, it, to me, this bill seems like it's going to be about free speech. It's going to be about, because when you look at, all the crimes that they're saying, they're all crimes of people saying stuff. People, you know, saying, you know, calling Asian people some yeah. kind of slur or something yeah. or saying that they're responsible for this. So it's like the First Amendment's out the window. I mean, we know, I mean, they destroyed gatherings. They, they just, last yes, year, they yes, destroyed. But, you know, but shouldn't we fight to preserve it? Like, shouldn't we actually be a man? Like, I'm wondering. So, but how? I, what are the Mises Caucus guys doing? 
concentrating lo concentrating locally. But I mean, is the goal for them to work within the system or is the goal for them to everybody moves to New Hampshire? Decentralize. Decentralization at the local level. Because I just, I feel like so many things like vaccine mandates, the First Amendment stuff. I mean, isn't, isn't just, isn't, isn't suing getting up to the screen like someone like Robert Barnes or there's a guy named Jonathan... I think his name was Jonathan Emord, who was a First Amendment attorney. I've tried so several times to reach him, but I never did. But he fought the FDA to allow the information about folic acid out, and the FDA just fought it and fought it and fought it. So kids were being born with spina bifida unnecessarily because they wouldn't allow people to know that that little deficiency was causing birth defects. And he, uh, guys like that, who I feel like when you really get press and you really fight it, there's a chance to at least hold the line. Okay. And I, I haven't talked to you since um, January 6th. For sure not. I mean. But that was. Do fake. you think. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's how they use it. You know, it's it's. Yeah. So I'm not on board with the revolution thing. The boogaloo stuff. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about it. that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking oh, you're about talking about counting the process. Yeah, I'm talking. Oh yes, yes. I'm yes, talking about disrupted the process. I'm talking about no. I'm no, no. I'm talking about January sixth. I'm talking about a bunch of people going in there taking selfies, and the press and the cathedral blowing this up to be it was an insurrection. There, there was you know an insurrection that no one took guns to because you know I, I mean know. you have a half a billion guns in the country not one shows up to oh, the fucking insurrection. That. That's something very important okay. in a second. So they're using this, and they're going to continue using this to basically anybody who is anti-government, talking about small government, talking about anything about reducing the size of government. They're going to use that. Well, there was an insurrection. Are you on the side of the insurrectionists? You know, I mean, really, that I mean, true. and they do they do attack. I mean, it is part of it that they that those insurrectionists who were uh, it was a false flag, in my opinion, because what it did was stop the process, which we were watching. So you're right, because Garland, who in Atlanta is fighting to examine the ballots that he his associates were auditors and they they swore in a court that they had seen irregularities in the mail-in ballots he's been literally fighting this in court since december that's and garland Fabri Gar garland favorito yeah, at yeah. voterga.org and we so i don't plug into policy stuff because i really never cared because i just was like all right i'm an anarcho-capitalist and i'm gonna like hope wait for the day freedom just emerges spontaneously <laughs> not happening no praxis but, whatsoever <laughs> no no not at all so i so i was watching this process january 6th and i was like i don't know how they're gonna get out of that i mean that's a process they're gonna have to go through and and this is how they got out of it it was so ham-handed it was like somebody took a shit on the desk like oh it's over mr mcconnell's like see now biden won it's like no there was a process and and that mitch mcconnell could brave the crowds and and hobble in there and finish the job at that night 
And then I just read that in that $2 billion bill to support the Capitol under, under attack, they're sending $500 million to the National Guard for having occupied Washington, D.C. till May 23rd. Meanwhile, it was over to the point where Mitch McConnell went back into his office that night, you know, and still. So, so the process is under attack, but I just, I feel like the that if there, you have an indomitable person, but I guess I guess Garland will be the the test. They just kicked his can again today. Every yeah. time I talk to him, he's like, "By this time next week, we'll be counting ballots." And I'm like, "Okay, that's great." But, and every but, week we've done a show since December, waiting for that ballot count. But I mean, he's pretty much has the evidence that the Georgia the Georgia presidential count is completely off and completely just. I mean. He, he, I think it's, I think the reason they're doing this is that the items he identified will prove that there were enough questionable ballots that it would have been Biden taking Georgia, which wouldn't be enough for the whole country, except for it might fuel some of the other disputes, but it would, it might also, I always, I think it's pretty, a little less clear, but it could even reverse the Ossoff Purdue thing where they didn't get the runoff. That's what I'm really interested in. And I always wonder why people like Purdue don't, aren't fighting that tooth and nail and part of this lawsuit and all that. They are pursuing it separately, but that the whole country should care about. I don't even care about Trump versus Biden as much as I care about the Senate. Yeah. But I don't well, know how much I care about any of it because I used to be cynical. I used to be so cynical that I was right all the time. Now, anytime I'm like, well, but January, we could, they're going to have to defend their electoral college decisions. You know, like anytime I have that little sparkle of hope, uh, I'm wrong. So I'm sure you read the Time Magazine article um, saying how they fortified the election. Do you remember that article from, Janu from January? I think it was by Sophie Ball. And what it was, was this it? long article where they talked about how they had the people on the left and people on the right got to the voter laws changed as early as like August of 2019. And they got the, the plan was in place that they were going to do mail-in voting and everything like that. Yes, and then I, I actually saw separate from that, a patent from February of 2020 for the U S post office to be able to, to facilitate mail-in voting for this election. That was right. a, a U.S. Post Office filed for the patent. So yes, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't think I read the actual Time article, but I it yes I did see. That you should go back. Evidence that was all you should go back and read it. We did. Really? I did a I did a really good episode on it that uh, oh, that really? blew up. And uh, Vin Armani and I did it. And the uh, why isn't the message now? Okay, so half of the country that voted believes that Biden is an illegitimate president that the election was stolen from them. Why aren't we running with that? Why aren't we running with the fact that, yeah, wh why aren't we saying, sure, yeah, you're right. It was illegitimate. It was stolen. And so will the next one. So why do you care about the political process? Why are you, why are you not just abandoning the political process? Why aren't you concentrating locally where you know where you know where your mayor lives and you can go shoot him if you have to? I agree with you there. I, I agree that I personally don't think it matters anyway, because I think they just 
the pendulum swings and they take what they can with the one guy in office and then they take what they can with the other guy. Usually it's the what I call the contrary law of democracy. So you'll get your war with Biden. You'll get your censorship with Trump. It doesn't really matter. But I think the people who are pushing all of this scrutiny on the election are the ones who want that H.R. 1, that elect, they want the elections to be federalized the federal elections to be run by the federal government. So I think that's what's really driving. Yes, what Garland's doing is driving it in a way locally, and that would be the only actual answer. But I I did always wonder why it's always been like that. So even my relationship with Garland, which I've known him for 10 years, I always like would ask him, how many elections do you think are really fair? Like how, how easy or hard is it for them to steal these votes? Like, is it really a struggle for them to steal the election? And he didn't really know. He would just, he's such a professional. He would only opine on the stuff he was looking at. Like he thinks Roy Moore won, but he also thinks Ossoff won against Karen Handel back in the day. So it's not partisan or anything, but he had those particular opinions. And now here is this kind of really marginal case, way more marginal than other elections. And, and they're, they're letting us know there's a lot of information out there. And I have to believe it's because they want that dialectical thing where they want the crisis so they can give the solution. And of course the crisis is usually caused by the government and the solution is usually not the answer to the problem. <laughs> you know, like 9-11 is the perfect answer. Okay, so 9-11 was an inside job and then we invaded Iraq. <laughs> you know, the, and the cover story was that, that, who the fuck was the cover story? Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia did it. So, you know what I mean? Like the, any way you look at it, like none of the dots connect, but then when they make the hullabaloo and then they force through the election, the, uh, the policies, I feel like it's, we're, 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 we're post-process, post-constitutional. We're just post-constitutional where, where the media, because of that fire hose 24 seven, just blasting in your face, no one ever talks about policy or constitutionality or objective law that rises above party. And it's not because we don't want it. It's that they it's we're drowning in the propaganda. We're drowning in it. I, I can't keep up. Yeah, it's so it, I missed that actual probably full of of references and citations. And oh, yeah. Proofs, oh, right? and I, I could not keep up with it because I'm just trying to read the headlines every day and make sense of what what they're telling us. And it's not very helpful. Like, I mean, it is it's helpful in, in that it keeps people on their toes, but but it's not helpful in fixing it. what Garland's doing. If he really is foiled, it will be quite a tell. But it was a tell that Tr that Ron Paul won Iowa and nobody knows that. Nobody knows the official result for Iowa was that Ron Paul won. I mean, I didn't even know that until last year. Yeah. I, I kind of knew he won, but I didn't know it was the official ruling in June of that year. And what difference does it make? So, so I, I just, and, but all of that stuff, which did, does make me crazy. And, but it feels very, theoretical and jabbery and here's my propaganda and here's policy and here's all that shit. The thing that has really uh, validated my fears is the vaccine. Yeah. They're literally trying to penetrate the bodies of our children and ourselves with uh, a genetic therapy. 
I have no idea what it's for. It is against my religion. If you go and look at the Catholic teaching on gene therapy, it says if you have a genetic problem or a disease that affects the genes or that can be cured by the genes, and it's more likely to help you than to hurt you, you can do it. But Catholics aren't allowed to do IVF. They're not allowed to do that stuff. And then the Pope, not, you said none of this could have happened without Zoom. None of this could have happened without the Pope. And he then came out side by side with Fauci and said, it's your moral obligation to get this vaccine. That is a, he, as the head of my religion, is violating my religion, not to mention closing down churches when everyone's afraid to die. Like anybody who's Catholic realizes we don't give a shit about dying. Like you're not supposed to care about dying. Like you can't commit suicide, but you, but dying, you just get to heaven all the sooner if you're in the state of grace. Like that is the big picture. I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying, if you really think you're going to die, you don't separate people from the sacraments, from communion with God. So, and it all started in Italy, you might remember. Yep. So this idea that, yeah, all this stuff is really, really important because they're really after us now. Like they're really, and they're close. <laughs> you know, A lot of people are stepping up. They're falling for the propaganda to, and, and they're actually allowing this there someone to slice their veins open and put pathogenic you know what the fuck ever in there but but you know the ones of us who don't submit that's that's when you have to like dip into the the libertarian ideology again yeah yeah and it's just um, ideology just to convince people okay the reason ideology is important is that i have a right not to be violated right 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 i mean but that's not even libertarian ideology that's just logic it's yeah, just well, natural I mean, I don't law. think it was, this is why I always say like Plato versus Aristotle. I think Plato would say that the community is the highest, is the moral entity. And Aristotle would say, no, it's the person. And I, and I think the reason is, and the reason the Catholics embraced Aristotle was that the, and law is like this. Our law is like this too. You have to put the authority where you have the responsibility. You have to put where somebody is making a decision to make an action, that's where the consequences and the responsibility have to be. So like, like what's happening now is that our governments are making decisions on our behalf and they're not feeling the consequences of them. Whereas you, for you to make a decision on whether people are vaccinated or not, you have to decide for yourself because you will feel the consequences. And because they don't feel the consequences, they can then detach from sharing our interests. So now there's the, now it's laid bare, there's a conflict of interest, which is at the heart of anarcho-capitalism is that government is, a, a, because it, it provides security, it's selling you security, it has to also foment danger or the sense of danger. So it comes back, so that's, that's why I feel like we have these fears, there could have been a thousand different ways where our liberty could be violated to our peril. It's usually in the form of hot war that's been organized behind the scenes but in this case, it's this weird, I mean, it is this, I think that, that they have finally found and embraced the substitute for war. I think that's why they're, they're tearing down sports as the, as the social model and, they're, and it's becoming isolation and control. And you said that too, that was another thing you were way ahead of, like they were slowing down the information, cross-border information. And, and I think if you see how it's working, I took on, stood on that to, to observe that the globalism is, so the globalist corporations and stuff are more global than ever, but, but we are not. Like we mm -hmm. are getting shut down. 
And all of our interaction goes through the global tubes now, the screens. But us physically, we have to stay behind and then they can control what we think, our information. You can't go to a bar or you would know that that the screens aren't telling the truth about the zeitgeist. Yeah. So I just, that the thing that really scares me is the vaccines. But there was another thing that I'm starting to worry about now. And that is what people have said for decades. Like there's going to be a race war or whatever. And now people are like, there's going to be a civil war. And I never believed that. I was like, you really, people have to be hungry for you to really get a war like that going. And now maybe they'll do that. Maybe that's what the, the supply chains are about. But two things happened out here. One a long time ago, one more recently. And I'm like, what is this? The first one was Jeffrey Allen Lash. Did you ever hear about this guy? He said he was an alien hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've talked about it. I've heard you talk yes, about it. Yes, I've talked about it. And and when they found his stuff, so he thought the CIA would come get his body. They knew he was rotting and they, they would get it. But if they didn't, so the local cops ended up at his house after they found his body at the supermarket and they found the whole thing full of guns, ammo, and amphibious vehicles, all of which were legal. Then, so when I mentioned that on the air recently, somebody tweeted at me, what about this one? And it was from 2018. There was, an, there was a mansion owned by Gordon Getty's widow, no, widow, ex-wife, and occupied by some guy they arrested for having thousands of guns. And if you look at the picture, they're all long guns. Some are like that fancy one I shot at the range not too long ago. And, and a lot of them were just wooden barrel ones. Like I remember my father having, I mean, I'm sure they're more up to date than that, but they just look like my dad's guns and so much ammo that it would see that the cop said the 31 year veteran of the sheriff's department said it was just, it's, it staggered his like capacity to understand. So Gordon Getty was the guy that Gavin Newsom's father ran his money. Like that's the, that six mafia families that run California, whatever. Newsom's one of them, mm -hmm. Getty's one of them. So, so how many more man, and this is a Bel Air mansion. Somebody just called the local cops and they were, again, the guy was a gun dealer supposedly. And it reminds me of the Uber driver who told me in Chicago that, or that he had a buddy, a homie in Chicago, who is definitely, he said, they are dropping insane weaponry there, like rocket launchers and stuff. He's like, there's no way it's not the government. It's definitely the government. Why? And I'm thinking, how many more mansions are there like this in LA that are full of guns and, and where else? So why? What the hell? Are they actually trying to gin up some kind of real hot conflict it, among the people like what can you noodle at all as to why there would be thousands of guns stockpiled and that and palisade pacific palisades and bel-air they're the fanciest neighborhoods in la for sure the only way they're going to be able to do this i mean i i just don't think you know i mean i live in a very mixed neighborhood you know i have neighbors that are black neighbors that are mexican neighbors that are indian you know how you know how atlanta is atlanta oh yeah absolutely. yeah and I mean, we would never, we would never think to do that, but like they always do, they put in, bring some feds in and, you know, get some false flags going. You know, I mean, look at the, and people are like, oh, that, that doesn't happen and everything. It was proven that like the anti-war movement in the sixties was like 75% feds. It was yeah. like <laughs> The Klan was like that. And I think the McVeigh stuff was like that. And yeah. Gloria Steinem worked for the CIA. 
Yes. And but what they could do in L.A., I remember that North American Union document by our hero, William Weld. Bill Weld, yes. And his sidekick, Heidi Cruz, they wrote that for the CFR. And and something at that hinted at what was later documented as happening, which was the U.S. and Mexico were practicing, I think, interoperability of police or armies or whatever. And another, a caller once on WSB said, they the way that they get the like the your you know not the local cops or whatever they'll get people they'll swap so they'll get the mexicans that they work with to come here and they'll send the whatever national guard guys that they interoperate with there maybe even under false colors like operation fast and furious was another one with 10,000 guns or whatever feeding into mexico and look at the bloodshed that those guns mexico has a total gun ban the guns come from yeah. us on purpose from our government to affect their politics. And I and I could see them returning the favor at our request, our meaning our government's request. I could see that that I was just discovered today, like the State Department is uh, I connected through very circuitously this um, the these kids who are who were supporting Markey in Massachusetts, the guy who did the Green New Deal, like they're saying 16 year olds, like the AOC phenomenon. And I found how they were, they were being financed both by the World Economic Forum and by the State Department. So the US government is fomenting this unrest in all different places. And then when I see people like two steps away from Gavin Newsom with like thousands of guns just waiting to get grabbed, like that's real stuff. That's not just propaganda. And I'm, and then I start to worry about that. I mean, maybe Texas will be better because every man for himself would be a lot better than what yeah. I think that that portends. Well, I mean, they could do a Operation Northwoods kind of thing where you know you send people in and um, you just making it look like a race war. You send white white people yeah. into a black neighborhood to south central or something like that and just very openly say this is because of the color of your skin and who you are i mean it'd be easy for them to do it um i don't what would the end game be for that i mean i remember reading a book by servando gonzalez called psychological warfare and the new world order maybe he was from cuba and he said that he felt he cited a letter that Del Castro wrote to FDR when he was 12. And this plays into my created persons thing. James Comey put up the Ramsey rapist. And uh, when he was 17, I, I feel like they identify these people very young and go with that. So Fidel Castro was an inside job and that the goal was that's why they weren't able to assassinate him. And the goal was to de-industrialize kind of the most industrialized or the most uh, prosperous country in Latin America. And that, and that was kind of the goal with the USSR too, is that, that the czar way back when, this was when Rockefeller was trying to get a worldwide monopoly on oil mm -hmm. and the czar would have, would have controlled it, whether he mm -hmm. did a good job or a bad job or whatever, but he would have, who would have put up some competition and that so they just collapsed the society is the theory and the same thing like cuba for whatever reasons and an experiment iran. they did the same thing with iran in 53. yeah so they de-industrialized and i guess you know the end game was i always thought this i always thought this 
They have to give Americans too much. Americans are too important because American, the way the world works, that's why I always thought like the second amendment is the, the thin parchment line for the whole world. So everybody in the whole world gets their guns taken away, let's say. Not everybody has, but let's say they all have, except for us. And they really want our guns because we have a lot of power because we look, we are the example for the rest of the world. See, democracy works great, capitalism works great, the system works great, global corporations are great. And they have to, the second they, if they went with their jackboots and, and started fucking with people all around the world who gave up their guns, Americans would never give it up. All this propaganda to try to get, they would never do it. So they have to say, look, it's great, it's fine, it's fine. Look, nothing bad will happen. Nothing bad ever happens. And people use those examples to me. And I always thought they have to keep this going because they need us to, to show that you can be prosperous if you go along, if you accept this democracy that they're trying to send around the country. And, and likewise for us, they have to show, hey, look, you know, giving up your guns isn't the end of the world. I just, and I feel like in, in order to do that, they've had to let us live really well on some valuable real estate. And, and I would say if you, if you were talking 150 years ago, I think we were still basically a free country and that we were before the Fed and everything where prices were going down and wages were going up. So we were at least sharing in the productivity improvements of labor and the higher skill. And then ever since the Fed, you just see that totally mm -hmm. diverges. But they are, they, so I don't think that it's like they have to let us live. They have to let us have wages. They like it, it is a command and control, but it is command and control now. And they could, they, they, they have to let us have the most because we are that example. And, and maybe if they make it look like we tore it down the way the unions were blamed for getting rid of all the dock workers in the US. So they, the, all of a sudden they replaced it all with those containers, but like as if it was, well, the unions, they bid themselves out of jobs. I'm like, well, the union leaders, <laughs> you know, sabotage those, the, the unions in that way. And they conclude, they, what they wanted to do was disempower the people in the unions, I think. And I feel like this is similar. They just want to disempower us and make it look like it's our own fault. So <laughs> could you believe in January of 2020, last year. Could you believe that this is the world we were gonna be living in 15, 16 months later, seven, how many months? I mean, yeah. am I, I sometimes I, I really honestly feel like I'm the only person who realizes that in January of 2020, the world was complete. It was that I don't recognize anything. I don't recognize anything. It reminds me of when I had a son. My first son was born with Down syndrome. And for years after that, for years after that, my husband and I would look at each other and say, like, can you believe our baby has Down syndrome? Like, it's just like, our baby has Down syndrome. Like, that's just a world I didn't expect to live in. Like, and now, now we never say that because we're used to it. He's 18. So it took 18 years to get used to it. It took two years for it to stop hurting, but it took like 10 years to get it through our heads. Mm -hmm. And that's what this feels like. And uh, my, my son, my other son just said to me yesterday, he said, I remember that girl I was friends with, that exchange student from, she's from Eastern Europe. So she had a lot of, 
you know, she was like a hard 14 or whatever. <laughs> she said to him, he was worried about something. And she said, she said this to him, just by coincidence. Don't worry about it. You wouldn't believe it a year from now, how different your life will be. And, and he was just like, I, I don't know if she even could have anticipated anything this different, but it's true. I mean, but it's, it's so, it's so bad that I'm ashamed of myself for thinking there was still time to talk. You know, I yeah. just cannot believe that, that I don't have a, a you know, a full on 30 acre camp in Montana. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? And my father taught me this when I was a little kid. It's like, don't waste your time going to college, learn it. Like he would take me to us in the basement as little kids shooting rifles. And, and I mean, I shouldn't even say this, but I know you like this because you're, uh, appreciate the edgy. He was like, the guns aren't for the soldiers. The guns are for the people who are trying to get in this house and take the food. Cause we had, our entire garage was full of dried food and yeah. we all laughed at him. Yeah. <laughs> now I buy dried food. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can do is dried food like a chump. I can't believe I don't have chickens. I just, it's, it's absolutely amazing to me that like there was no sense of urgency like January of 2020 last year. I'm sure we recorded sometime around then and we, we were talking about all the same. We were talking about how, Oh, this, this is so terrible. And this is so terrible. And then, yeah. you know, like two months later, it's like the world changes forever. And, and, and people, even the event to one stuff, you were like, why yeah. do you think we're going to have like a smallpox type thing? And I said, no, I don't think so because I don't believe in viruses. So I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> Yeah. Little did I know it was a war that they were brought a nuclear war. It wasn't, it wasn't the illness. It's the, it, it's the destruction. Yeah. The devastation yeah. of war. And we still, because everything is being suppressed, the news and everything, we still don't know like the human toll of people who like committed suicide, people who I'm died wondering. of, died of cancer because they couldn't get screenings. It's worse than that. I just looked up too many people I've heard. I was tweeting about it and I'm still getting personal comments about people getting lung cancer to the point where I had to investigate. And I found an article from 1997 saying that if you have too little oxygen and too much CO2, it is absolutely linked to cancer. And the only thing CDC or whatever will say is that you don't get enough CO2 just by wearing a mask all fucking day. How about two masks and a shield? Like at what point, how do you not get enough? You know, how does it happen then? So, uh, so I don't think you're ever going to hear about the bad side effects of that. I've gotten people will email me personally, personal anecdotes about uh, vaccine injuries, paralysis, stuff like that, which is a known side effect of some vaccines is that myelitis where that's an autoimmune response and we're not, I mean, you're just not hearing it. And, and I have to think that the way it's going to, the, that they're the mad rush for vaccines is so when it gets to the point where everyone knows someone who's had an injury and they just, then even like your normies are going to say no mandate here, or the FDA is just not going to be able to approve it. They have to get it they have to get everybody committed before the truth comes out that I think that, that sadly 
that's my hope. Like that's our only hope is that yeah. the truth does come out. And, it, and only because the side effects, to the extent there are some, are manifest sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I think that the, I think these side effects are going to uh, manifest later. That's the way it's looking. Have yeah, you that's read the, way the it's SPARS, looking. the 2017 SPARS document from Johns Hopkins that basically has tracked, it's a, it's a how to deal with bad information or how to get your propaganda out when there's a blackout in Texas or something like that. Like, oh, no, no, no. Oh my gosh. So everyone's like, oh, this is just another kind of scenario of a pandemic. And Alex Jones did an hour and a half on it. And I read it and I was, I was like, this isn't just a scenario of a pandemic. What this is, is a, is a propaganda development exercise on how to use new platforms, how to respond to statements like celebrity statements that it's against your, um, your ad campaign chapter 12 is how to roll out a vaccine with the advertising in an environment that has lost power that chapter is called all your eggs in one basket and it tracks with texas and the timing and everything so so it tracks it tracks one thing it tracked in there was it said Ha the, 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 here's a scenario. A Democratic president is hedging on her embrace of a therapeutic called clodisivir, something like, almost sounds like remdesivir. She's like not, she's a little iffy on it. The Republicans in the House and Senate take as an opportunity to hate on her, they champion clemdesivir. I mean, that's exactly what happened with hydroxychloroquine. Like Trump said, I like it. And they're just like, well, we can't use it now. Now the only hope is a vaccine. That's in that document from 2017. Right. And there's another one like what happens when somebody says vaccines are uh, bad or you don't, not everyone has to take one. And I'm like, oh, Rogan. And, the, you know, like, so when Eric Clapton came out, I was like looking for it in the document. Now, Eric Clapton could be for reals. So they're going to be some for reals people. But what they were, and they were like, oh, there's going to be a new media platform. I'm like, okay, TikTok. They're like, they, they want to separate out their propaganda by demographic platform. They want to see how fast they can adapt to an emergent media platform. But the last thing that can't have tracked yet. So it's from 20, the scenario takes place from 2023 to 2025. It's a two to three year scenario. Uh, and what hasn't had time to track yet is that the vaccine injuries will start to emerge in 2022. People have like, I, I don't know if it said it in there, like protein growths on the brain or prions, like some crazy stuff. That's like what people are talking about now. I really don't know which way it works with that, but it's talking about vaccine injuries that cause mental retardation or mental impairment and how they were going to just tell people that it wasn't vaccine related and uh, that they would direct people with those um, unproven claims to the vaccine, uh, what do you call it? Like recompense fund, the vaccine yeah, injury court. Yeah, the vaccine injury court. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that they were going to then lobby Congress to replenish that fund. So we haven't seen that yet, but I know that's coming. Like there's no doubt that's not gonna come. That is gonna yeah. come. So, but they were saying that vaccine injuries would not emerge for two years. Yeah. Well, and you have to send, that's what I'm worried about. 
you have to send me that document and I'll, I'll send you the time article. And I just want you to read the first thousand words. And I think you'll be hooked. Just promise yeah, me you'll yeah, read yeah. the first I'll thousand right words. Now. I have a little time. Yeah. Um, but the, um, what else do you have there? Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Any notes? Uh, I was in the car when I was thinking about it. Uh, so I just, I wondered if your position was that there was any hope for the process, you know, I just, is it worth like a lot of friends of yours are into the libertarian party, Mises caucus action, sure. you know, activism. What's your position on that is what I wanted to know. I mean, at this point, I'm, uh, I'm going with Aaron from Timeline Earth. The only reason to use a uh, to use a political party is to raise class consciousness and start getting people radicalized and getting people radicalized against the government and against uh, even a little accelerationism against each other to the point where we start hearing well, we start hearing real secession talk and real breaking up talk. I'll tell you. I was not in any way an accelerationist. And I used to say it like, I got kids. Yeah. I'm not down for revolution. I You've told, we've talked about this. Yeah. yeah. Life may be that, that since the beginning of civilization, which was just a tax scheme, the beginning of civilization, that our job as, as uh, liberty, liberty loving people, activists is to kick the can of tyranny down the road. And if you have to, you have to use the bill of rights as a shield, then thank God we have that shield. Let's do it. But now that they're, they're after our kids with yeah. those needles, you know, they're, they are taking the sword to our kids. So we don't have any time left. And actually, if it is 25% minimum, 25% is enough. 25% is enough. If you're gonna, if you're gonna rebel and the, and actually those people who would be on the side of the revolution would be the people who feel like it's a fight for their lives. You know, they're facing those weapons and it's not theoretical. It's not ginning it up. It's, it's not propaganda oriented. Somebody's coming at you with a sticky thing, you know, and they're gonna, it's just like straight out of Star Trek. Like, don't let them hit you with that needle. You know, I mean, it, you feel a sense of fear from that of being physically attacked because it's physical penetration. So maybe now is the time, maybe, maybe thinking that we can wait because they, so, so the, I had to defend or not defend or address the non-aggression principle because of something that you say about, you know, we've had enough of that and the timeline earth guys do it too. Like, like the, it just doesn't make sense anymore, but you don't even have to address that question because those little needles are aggression. And you can draw the line when they say that it's just, you will just be humiliated if you don't get it and wear a mask and your kids and whatever. Maybe ostracism isn't aggression. I think if hate speech isn't aggression, they are using the force of the law at the boundaries of the property that they paid for with your tax dollars, like the kids' schools, which they mandate they go to, that, that is kind of violent. But when they're, if they actually mandate penetrating your skin with something sharp, that's aggression. Well, I mean, this is all aggression. It's been all aggression right, for but, but 15 if you months. It is true, but it is totally, totally. But even the most, but you're talking about even the most hardcore non-aggression principle people who are, have you know, to like, recognize yeah. this as physical aggression. And because 
it's viscerally a violation of NAP because everyone believes in NAP, whether they know it or not. Right. Everyone, every law, every argument, everybody everywhere who has ever tried to co-opt you on their side has acted like you're on the defensive. You know, like that's everything. That's what 9-11 was for, to appease everyone's innate sense of the NAP. So, but it, even the 25% of the people who just know better than to want to get that shot because they are healthy, they will, they'll join in your fight without ideology at all they'll just say okay like get me the, you know somebody's got an extra shield or and yeah. sword like i'll take it so i think you might be right that like now is the time because if you give them more time they'll figure out how to chip away at that 25 percent, and you can't have that right right yeah and they're gonna they're gonna use whatever they can which is one of the reasons why i like the I, mean, I don't like it, but I understand the whole DeSantis thing saying you can't have vaccine passports because it's like, so what if you're in some town that like every frigging grocery store, everyone who sells food, it's like you have to have a vaccine passport to come in here. Do you just starve? I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to move, you know, you yeah. have to move. But the thing is, they're going to want to make sure that their town, everyone does it because they don't want competition from somebody who isn't going to do it. Because I, I think that in there's, there would always be a store that would take it. You and I would just open a store. We wouldn't starve. We'd just open a store. Right. Like there would be this great opportunity to open that. But yeah, I mean, that may be a good way to try to circle the wagons to keep safe spaces like that for people to group. I think at this point, it's like watching some of the stuff that the governor's doing, especially DeSantis and uh, Abbott is to me, it's just experimental to me. It's, it's like, I'm looking at what they're doing. I'm seeing the way people react. I'm watching the way the press reacts. I'm watching the way politicians are reacting, what people are saying, you know, there are a lot of people who are saying, you know, oh, DeSantis 2024. And I'm like, I'd rather have to, and the guys from, I got this from the guys from Timeline Earth, Bird and Carr. They said, it'd be much better if DeSantis became president of Florida than if he became president of the yes. United States. Totally yeah. true. Texas too. Texas can at any time break into five states if it wants to. So yeah. maybe there's some hope there, like take over one of those, make a new state, like instead of just uh, New Hampshire, make a new state in Texas. Like if you actually look at the boundaries and insist or have Texas be its own country again, seven flags over Texas. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, you know, it's like, uh, it's like Hoppe said, we need 10,000 Lichtensteins in this country, you know, you, <laughs> yes. even, even more. <laughs> yeah. How many, oh, I, oh, yes, that book, that Lichtenstein book, we can bring it full circle to the last time we talked. 100 bucks. And you wanted me to join something. Oh, really? 100 bucks? There's 100 bucks for that Lichtenstein book. I want, you know, I'm the librarian of the tunnels. Are you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I got so, it. When I got it, it was 35. That's what so. happens. Yeah. Crisis of democracy was like that. I got it for $33. Someone called me and said it was $300. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm stockpiling the books for the tunnels. Yeah. But I don't know where, where to build my Where are you going to build the tunnels? Shelter. I don't know. The, the tunnels, tunnels are there. Did you ever see that? Like, first of all, all the dystopian sci-fi is it takes place. The, the rebels sure. are eating rats in tunnels instead of living in the fields. <laughs> right. Growing chickens. Like, why did they put that in my head? But um, so there was 
somebody tweeted at me a, a soldier training, like an army training video. It was like eight minutes. And it talked about like what they're preparing for, the future they're preparing for. And it talked about the the people who, the, the communities, the towns that would be people living in the tunnels. The, I mean, they're preparing for that. It's demolition, man. Yeah, demolition, man, total recall, and the Matrix. Yep. It's all yep. three of them. Yeah. So I, I think we have to call it the Outlands. I'll meet you in the Outlands. Let's get out of here. What do you got to plug? Oh, thank you. Well, you can always find me at Twitter for as long as it lasts, at Monica Perez Show. I love Rockfin. I want you to do Rockfin. You would be a great addition. We'll talk about that after. Okay. Um, so rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And then my daily show is the Drive Time News Blast, which you can find at the Propaganda Report feed on your favorite podcasting platform for as long as it lasts. I do have a tendency to get deplatformed. And then if you want to do the fun stuff for as long as it lasts, we're on patreon.com slash propaganda report where you can get more content, live streams. And I have a, a co-host, Brad Binkley, who is so you get two two hosts for the price of one which is mostly free yeah always a pleasure monica always take care thank you